Hey guys, good morning. Um, welcome back to the Morning Brew. If you're new to my podcast, I'm Leslie and I'm glad to have you here with me. I have my coffee in hand and I have down my energy shot. So let's get this thing started before the terror squad wakes up and the destruction begins. So grab your coffee and sit with me for a minute. Oh my gosh, I feel so much more refreshed this morning than I did my first episode. I say this every morning, but man, it's a beautiful day. I say that now, but um, halfway through the day, I'll probably be crying in the bathroom. Um, my son, he was so mad at me uh, yesterday at nap time that uh, he decided to tell me he didn't like me anymore. Like, when a toddler tells you they don't like you, they don't know how to do anything but be honest. So this kid, he meant what he said when he said it. Turns out he was actually just mad at me because I wouldn't lay down with him. So I sat down on the edge of the bed and he talked to me, talked to me for a few minutes about baby shark and curled my hair around his little fingers. And then he uh, let me know that he loved me again. So all was right with the world again. Last episode, I said I found out I was pregnant 14 months after I had my son. Actually, I misspoke on that one. I gave birth to my daughter 14 months after I had my son. Um, my oldest daughter called me and she was like, uh, mom. So I'm sorry, bear with me because my mind is shot, people. The cause of it, I know, stems from a mix of the terror squad and old age. But let me tell you, I can remember a conversation that happened 10 years ago, word for word. Ask me what I did yesterday and my mind goes blank. I told my husband, it was so much easier to just get up and go to work every day than to stay home with toddlers again. And when I say being a stay-at-home mom is like the hardest job, I am not talking out of my ass. I am speaking from experience because I have been on both sides of it. Uh, I'm pretty excited to tell y'all that my brother will be joining my podcast soon. My friends and family know very well that I am not the one that you want to put on speakerphone in public. But my brother is far crazier than I am. So we should have some pretty entertaining shows coming up. When we were little, he would get on my nerves so bad. And one day, I got so mad, I pushed him straight through a wall. Like, like he was sitting inside the wall. Man, I knew I was in so much trouble when Mama got home from work. So I, I called Daddy real quick, and I told him what I did. <laughs> and he said, well, Les... What were you doing before you threw your brother through the wall? And I said, well, I was vacuuming. He said, okay, well, uh, this is what we're going to tell your mom. You were vacuuming, and you tripped over it, and you fell into the wall. Well, mama got home, and she saw that Joey size hole in the wall, and she flipped her shit. She called daddy, and I just remember hearing her yell and, and told him what I'd done, and I heard her say, well, knowing her, she probably threw somebody through it. Daddy said it took everything in him not to bust out laughing. My brother looked at me that day and he said, one day I'm going to be bigger than you and I'm going to get you back. And he did, in fact, grow bigger than me. And he did get even with me years and years later. We were over at my stepdad's for Christmas one year and this ass grabs me in a headlock and would not let go until I admitted that he was bigger and he was stronger, and then he made me tap out. 
like in front of everybody. So well played, bro. You got me back. Uh, the truth of that hole in the wall did not get told to my mom until I was well into my 20s. I am 44 years old, and to this day, I am still terrified of my mama. I would not dare talk to her the way my kids speak to me sometimes, not even now. But uh, as adults, we're all, my siblings and I, we're all very close. So I'm happy to have my brother joining me on this new adventure. It'll be a lot of fun. And if you need a good laugh, he will definitely give you that. But uh, I could go on and on making jokes about my family and all my crazy, but we do have a full show for you ahead. And I have Rachel on with me today, so I need to get to her. Good morning, Dollface. Morning. I know you have your coffee ready. You're an hour behind me, and you are not an early morning person on purpose. So I know it's super early. So in fact, a little delirious. You know why? <laughs> you said that listening to my podcast was but was good birth control. I'm glad I can be of service to the many out there who need a reason to not have babies. <laughs> My daughter, Abby, tells me the same thing all the time. Uh, you've been busy since you moved. You uh, have been in a, in a few music videos. You've been in some commercials. You've met some country artists. You have been to the CMA Fest a few times. You even made it, to the, uh, made it into the CMA Fest documentary on Hulu. You have been on Blake Shelton's game show. And then you got to have Luke Bruns, but shake in your face. What girl wouldn't be upset with that? I know. I'm living my, I'm living my best life here. I'm living vicariously through you. What else have you, uh, have you done since you moved to Nashville? If you would have asked me five years ago, or me five years ago, that all this stuff would have happened to me, I would have said you're lying. <laughs> because I never knew that I would that I get to do. Um, Speak up a little, babe. I was in Carrie Underwood's music video. Um, I was in Toby Max's music video. I It was featuring Blessing Offer, and I ended up getting to do, um, I was asked to be in the Dove Awards last October for the same song that Toby Max did. And for the people who don't know, what are the Dove Awards? Um, they're the Christian Artist Awards, and Toby Mac, I think this was his first song that he had written since his son overdosed, and it's called The Goodness, and he, it's just basically about no matter, like, what you've been through, there's still goodness, and, um, it was featured, featuring Blessing Offer, who is another, um, labeled artist, and, um, then... When I was doing the awards, my mom had just gotten in a car accident the day before, and she had two brain bleeds. And I remember, like, I was with the Toby Mac Flyer, and I, they also have us in the same room as Maverick City Music Flyer. Mom. And I called my sister before we went on stage, and my sister had told me that my mom, well, I told my sister that we prayed for my mom, and she was like, uh, when did you do this? And I was like, probably 35, 40 minutes ago. And she was like, they just came in here and said they cannot find the brain bleeds that, that were on the scan. That's amazing. Like they were gone. So it was like my first real life miracle. Um, then 
fast forward to May of this year, I went to a birthday party and Blessing was there. And now he's my friend. He asked me for my number, said he wanted to text me something inspirational, texted me, yo, and we've been friends ever since. <laughs> um, my favorite country singer is Chase Rice, and I've probably been to nine shows since 2019. And I went to my friend's game night, and the bass player, Marcelo, was there. And he kissed me on the cheek and took a selfie with me and told me I was beautiful and Brazilian. I'm just like, every day I wake up and want to pinch myself because of the life that I get to live. I saw Jason Aldean in the mall. I saw it with his family <laughs> at the mall that is two minutes from my house. Um, I'm just living my best life. What, what do you got on the agenda for this month? Do you have something coming up real soon? Um, next week, I will be in the People's Choice Awards. Um, I get to dress up and be fancy and get to go to that. It's televised. And I'm also doing two two more events coming up soon. Um, I can't talk about them. <laughs> but come New Year's on CBS, you'll probably see me again for the third year in a row. Right, and you were in Carrie Underwood's uh, music video. Yeah, I did her video a year ago, um, last September, and spent nine hours with her. She's really nice and down to earth, and her feet kill her in the shoes. <laughs> like you make it, you don't make it look like they hurt you, but they do. Um, they fed us and everything. Some of the things I do, they pay me for, but I would do them even if they didn't, because who who all can say that they've done all this? I never I, thought I'd. Be I know. I told you earlier. It's like um, you've you've done like a lifetime's uh, worth of of things in just three years. Oh, and like last year, I went to the ACM Honors Awards. You get a dress fancy for that. My friend and I got lost from our other friend, and we ended up out of this entrance that apparently we weren't supposed to go out of. And the people on the streets, like the fans and everything, were like waving. And smiling and yelling and hollering at us. And I felt like a celebrity. I was just, I was in a pretty dress. So I was like waving back. Like, I felt like I, I felt like I was like a celebrity or something. And I'm smiling and waving back and saying hi to everybody. And then I look beside me and there's Little Big Town. And, and there's a sign that says artist exit. So I went the wrong exit. And I was with the artist. So they, were, they weren't really waving at me. They were waving at Big Town. But you felt like a celebrity for a minute. Yeah, and it was pretty cool. And Luke Bryan even asked me what my name was last year. Yes, tell everybody about the Luke Bryan butt. Come on. So last June at the CMA Fest, I was in the very front row, and um, he just stopped. I mean, I, on my video, like, he's so close to me. I can't even hardly fit him in my whole video because he's that close to me. And the next thing I know, he looks right down at me while I'm recording him. And starts dancing and shaking his butt in my face. And I almost grabbed it. But I didn't want to get in trouble. And I didn't want to disrespect his wife. Because I remembered he was married. So I didn't. It took like, you a minute. Remember... It took you a minute to remember that, didn't it? Well, I never even had a crush on him until the moment he took his butt in my face. <laughs> and was, like, then I fell in love that night. Uh, you, you had a little bit of jealousy going on, right? Because he wanted to know what your name was. Well, that was um, a few months later. In October. I don't know why, but I was put right directly in front of him. I was in a sparkly black dress and was televised. Um, and my friends could not believe he was literally dancing at me. He was like doing the John Travolta eye, the fingers over the eye dance <laughs> to me. And he was smiling at me. He winked at me. He was trying to get me a guitar pick. And then he was like, hey, what's your name? Like he asked me what my name was. And all my friends were like, 
I thought I thought I looked Brian like blonde. And a week before this, I had a blonde wig because I had a Taylor Swift party, and I almost wore it. <laughs> but I didn't. I just had my normal. I was just my normal self. And he paid me so much attention, I couldn't even believe it. He asked me what my name was, and I just felt. I mean, he never did anything with it because I've never seen him again. But it was cool. But it was a memory you will never forget. And my friends won't let me forget it either. <laughs> um. So without giving too much detail about our upcoming episodes, uh, what would you say to our listeners today is your biggest reason for uh, telling your story so publicly? Um, if I could just help inspire or encourage one person, then it's worth telling. Um, because I, for the longest time, I never knew of anybody else that had gone through what I had gone through, and I felt alone. So if I could help one person maybe realize that there is a way out, then then it's all worth it to me. And what advice would you uh, give to somebody who is listening if they are um, finding themselves in a similar situation with domestic abuse? Um, don't be too scared to get out. Sometimes you don't know you're in it until you're out of it. I mean, I didn't even know I was in it until I was completely out of it, which is scary looking back. Um, and I honestly didn't know that I would come out alive. <laughs> I was, I was, I was scared to death to leave, like literally. Um, and I was trying to hold my family together too, which I realized that like it only probably made it a little bit worse. Uh, that's. Yeah, that's my next thing. The The biggest thing that I heard during and then after uh, my years with dealing with domestic violence is that it must not have been so bad if I stayed. So what, what do you say to people who think that way? Because obviously they've never been through it, right? Because if they had, they would know that um, there's a lot that goes on with that. I mean, there's brainwashing and there's violence and there's threats and there's mental and there, financial abuse, there's all kinds of different things that go on. It's not just, oh, well, he smacked me in the face. There's a lot that goes with it. So what would you say to people who think that, oh, well, you stayed, so it must not have been that bad? Then that's when I know that they have not been through it. Um, because I literally was scared to leave. I had been told some really horrible things. One thing was that I'd be chopped up little pieces and nobody ever find my body actually um, he told me that too your ex-husband told me that because when he got out of jail he did not like you having friends and he yeah. texted that to me that if i did not uh stop talking to you he was gonna chop me up in little pieces and they would never find me so yeah. if he would say that to a stranger i couldn't even imagine the things he would say to you right so i was just scared to leave and and then again, like I, I was married, so I made a vow and I meant it. My parents got divorced when I was young. I never wanted a divorce. He was the love of my life. Um, he just made some choices that changed who he was. Um, for those of you who don't know, Rachel is actually my sticky note friend. If you haven't listened to the pilot episode, I explained the sticky notes there. But she is the one who would not give up on me during the absolute lowest time of my life. I, I honestly, 
<laughs> I don't know what I would have done without you and our friend Brandon because you guys pulled me out of such a dark place. And those times when I didn't want to get out of bed, I wouldn't stop crying. I drank myself stupid. Like, y'all didn't judge me. You you were just like, all right, well, if you want to stay in bed and cry, then we're going to come lay with you and cuddle you and love on you and cry with you. So, I mean, y'all didn't even bat an eye when I pulled a liter of whiskey out from under my pillow. <laughs> you were just like, whatever. Like, you just let me get it all out of my system and push me to get up and get motivated. But um, at that point, you were also going through a dark time as well. Your husband was in jail for domestic violence, and you were dealing with uh, starting a new life yourself and as a single parent and being the sole provider for your son. But somehow you still had the strength and the, and the compassion to focus on me and what I was going through. And I'm a lot. Seriously, like, <laughs> no we all know I am a lot. I, my husband will tell you I, I'm a lot. But I don't know how you picked me up off the ground while you were also trying to keep your own head up. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time, but that summer was like the best year. Like we did so many things. We uh, reached out so far out of our comfort zone. We did the craziest, most random things. Like, did it help you as much as it did me knowing that? you had someone in your life who could uh, feel or understand what you were going through because our lives are so parallel to one of one another. It's amazing. We didn't know each other uh, before we did. Yeah. Up until that point, I'd never met anyone um, that had been through anything similar to that. Honestly, I, I mean, what I lived through, is what I saw in Law and Order, and I was, like, living that. Like, I didn't know it was, like, a real-life thing. I didn't know there was, like, victim-witness coordinators and a protection program. I didn't know any of that until I lived it. <laughs> and I I don't think I just picked you up. I think you, I think we helped each other because, I don't know, <laughs> I just feel like we helped each other. And it was scary at first because I literally went from living with my mom to getting married at 21, which is young. Like, I felt like I was old at the time, but I was just a baby. Oh, and yeah, then, we all thought we were young at 21. I thought we were old. Or old, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all thought we were, like, we had our shit together. We knew what we were doing. We didn't know nothing. Yeah, Um. so, like, so from, like, being married for three and a half years and living with my husband and, like, being pregnant and all this happening to to figuring out, well, not just being pregnant, but then, like, living with abuse six years later, and then to, like, my husband being gone for shooting at my car, um, like, it was scary, because I'm like, how am I, I thought I had to pay up both of our bills, like, I, w I went from two incomes to one income, I owned a house at the time, I had a little boy that was in school. And I was just going to be, like, the sole provider, and that was just really scary. But my mom told me, like, I remember my mom, like, helping me in my living room floor one day, and we were writing out my bills. And I was just crying because I'm like, how am I going to do this? And she was like, don't worry about what's due on the 15th. Take one day at, the t at a time. Get through today and then worry about tomorrow. And that's how I live today, like, and it's helped me so much. Well, I know you helped me a lot. I mean, we were best friends by the uh, end of the first night we met. Like, we met, and then we talked for hours and hours and hours, and we were pretty much inseparable after that. Um, but that's you, too. Also, I don't even know how I became your friend. 
I don't, well, I, I hate everybody equally. So, um, that's you, like you, you don't meet a stranger ever. Like you, you just, you meet somebody and they're your friend automatically. Uh, let's it's talk about your, how huh? I said it's a blessing and a curse. Trust <laughs> me. Let's talk about your Facebook post, uh, your, your positives, your Facebook positives list and why you started doing it. I started doing positives probably like nine years ago. I was in a Bible study in Roanoke with like four or five other girls, and we met once a week, and we just started doing our positives one month, and I think they only did it for a month. I'm not really sure, but I just really enjoyed it, and it just carried on. I honestly, there's been times where I'm thinking like, People are so probably so like annoyed or like bored with like seeing my positive posts every single day. Well, I'm not. I think that it's inspirational. Well, as soon as I think that, I'll get like a message in my DMs from like a girl (laughs) I haven't seen since high school saying, I'm so glad you do this. Like it really encourages me to find one positive thing in the day. And um, I've been seeing a grief counselor ever since my mom, like eight days since my mom passed away. And one of the first things he told me was he was trying to help me be on track for healing. And he said, I want you to find, I know it's really hard right now, but I want you to find one positive thing in a day to be like that. You're that's positive. Like one good thing in a day that you're like thankful for, like something positive. And I'm like, Oh, well, I've been doing positives for like nine years. And I always like put out my social media, like, even if it's just like air conditioning or heated seats or electricity. Um, and he was telling me like how I'm already on target for like healing. Like I'm already going the right direction, which I felt so, I mean, I feel really lost since I lost my mom and um, I don't feel like I'm in the right direction, but like he did kind of make me feel better. Like, Hey, I'm farther along in this healing thing than I thought I was. Hair spots up. <laughs> He's scared. Uh, he, he woke up. He woke up alone. Um, <laughs> Poor baby. <laughs> well, yeah, he's it's too early for this mess. I haven't had enough coffee yet. <sighs> <laughs> and then there you go yawning. Uh, you used to live here in Virginia, but then you took a job offer near Nashville on a whim. And I mean, on a whim. And I know how first, I know firsthand how crazy uh, that move was and how rushed because I, I'm the one that helped you pack. Um, <laughs> what has life been like since you made this big move? And, and how did it, how does it compare to your life here in Virginia? so it wasn't planned I was working two jobs in Virginia my second job was a night shift job and I worked from midnight to 6 a.m it was a slow it was a slow night so I just threw my resume out in Nashville see what happened and the next morning I was off like this girl wanted to interview me she was um kind of like a a recruiter and um she put me in touch with this company that really wanted me and I interviewed and was offered a job within two and a half weeks of putting my resume out. And I was, I happened to be on vacation and told them that I wanted to be able to like tell my boss in person to give a two weeks notice because 
everyone's going to be blindsided. I didn't tell any friends except for you or family because I didn't want anybody to talk me out of out of going. No, you I, didn't even tell your mom. Yeah, like, it's just because I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And, like, I've been trying to get out of Virginia for a really long time. I just felt stuck there. And I just wanted to, like, spread my wings and see what was out there. And, Lord and have so, mercy, did you do that? So, I told my mom on a Thursday and moved on a Saturday that I was leaving. Like, I told my mom on Thursday. My last day at work was Friday, and I moved on Saturday. I remember that day very, very, very well. Saturday night, I got to Nashville on Sunday morning, early, like in the middle of the night, and started my job Monday. I signed my lease <clears> at my apartment without even looking at They're like, do you want to tour the apartment? And I was like, I don't have time to tour. I just have to trust it's the right place. Like, everything happened. It was so much. It was a little overwhelming, but everything happened so effortlessly. I told my mom, and my mom was happy for me. My sister's the one that took it the hardest because we've been getting really close over the past couple years. And she was like, if you would have told us, we could have helped you prepare for it. Um, there was no like, preparing. That was so fast. Yeah, my boss told me that when I gave my notice, he cried. And I thought Aww. that was so sweet. Yeah, and he was like, you've done great. I'm, gonna, I'm really going to miss you, but I'm happy for you. And I moved here. My apartment was 0.6 miles from my job. My son is going to the number six school in Tennessee. I think it's number 200 and something in the whole United States. So everything just fell into place. I feel like the way it was meant to. And there's no comparison to my life in Virginia. Well, you said you like, have to pinch yourself every day. Yeah. When I lived in Virginia, I was comfortable. But it was like the same old thing every single day here. You don't know what you're capable of until you get out of your comfort zone. And I completely stepped out of my comfort zone when I moved to Nashville not knowing a soul here. And to now knowing more people here than I knew in Virginia. And I lived there since I was five. And um, I don't know. Like, I always, I never thought I could afford more than a $150,000 home. And the rent I'm paying here, I can probably afford a $500,000 home. And... You just don't know what you're capable of until you get out of your comfort zone. And it was the best thing I ever did for me and my son. And every day when I drive to work, I do. I'm like, I want to pinch myself to see if this is real life. Because I can't believe that I get to do all the things that I get to do. If you would have told me like five years ago that I would get to do half the things I've done, I would laugh in your face and be like, you're so crazy. Well, you've done more in three years there than most people have done in a lifetime. Yep, and, like, I saw Jason Aldean at the mall. I go to those same dentists as him and his family. <laughs> like, it's just really <laughs> creepy. I just want to pinch myself. I mean, I was hanging out with my girlfriend and taking pictures of, like, a cute little area called the Gulch that we are in. And one of my friends, when I posted it, said, hey, that's Trisha Yearwood. And sure enough, it was Trisha Yearwood. and didn't even know. Like, That's right. right. I remember because you sent me that picture, and you were like, um, is that Trisha Yearwood? <laughs> <laughs> sure was <laughs> no big deal <laughs> no big deal it's just pressure your wood it's no yeah, big deal like you and you've done yes justin timberlake because i remember specifically asking you why you were not humping his leg at that moment instead of just <laughs> taking a random picture i'm trying not to be weird like <laughs> 
I was weird enough with like Brian when he shook his butt in my face. I never even had a crush on the man until he did that, and then I fell in love that day. You've done some celebrity stalking too. Oh, we're not gonna get <laughs> bad stalking. I just I like to find out where they live because I've been in the real estate world for a long time, and like I don't bother nobody. I just mind my own business. I don't tell anybody where they live. I just know for myself. Um, you've seen Dolly Parton's house. That was the first house I located. That's exciting. And did you know her last name's not Parton. It's Dean. Like, who knew? <laughs> Okay, y'all. Well, a very big, uh, very big thank you to my special guest this morning. And make sure you watch for our series of episodes coming soon titled Rachel's Story. Uh, there will be several special guests on upcoming episodes. And um, like I said, my brother will be joining me soon. So we're really, really excited about that. Um, remember to add the morning brew to your playlist. Um, follow me, save it to your phone, download it, whatever it is that you do to hear my latest episodes. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and then hopefully by next week, um, I should be on Apple too. Uh, also, you can follow me on Facebook at Kessler Experience or over on Instagram at Irish underscore Twindemic to see our daily shenanigans, reno updates on our home and more. If you have any questions or a topic you'd like to uh, hear on the show, <laughs> or if you would like to be a special guest host, Shoot me an email at the morningbrew at myyahoo.com. Or if you'd like uh, your comment or question to be played on the show, head to my podcast page on Spotify for podcasters and hit the uh, message to send a voice note. That's my time for today, guys. Do me a favor and find a, a small positive in your day. My positive for today is you guys. I'm so grateful to be able to be. I'm so grateful to be sharing my, my coffee time with you. Till next time, find your adventure, keep your humor, and be positive. Stay blessed, y'all.